0: <laughs> this just popped into my mind. BBE, Big Bitch Energy. That's going to be it from now on. We'll let the other acronym go by the wayside if you catch uh what I'm putting down there. Anyways, that being said, before I get way too fucking cheeky on this intro to this podcast, I want to give you guys an update on the workshop and introduce this week's guest. What's up, ladies? Welcome. Back to the Just Realize podcast. It's your favorite podcast host and stylist, Katie here. Ready for another big bitch episode. Ladies, are you ready? Ready for that big life? Thank you guys so, so much for reaching out to me after last week's episode and telling me that you are on board with my big bitch energy. I feel so seen And I'm so happy. And it was one of those really vulnerable, raw moments when I recorded that pod. And I was just like tapping into how I really, really felt in the moment. And I was like, this is it. (laughs) All or nothing. Like either everyone's going to love this or they're going to hate this. And I guess people that hate it were quiet. So thank you for that. (laughs) But I just got so many... Messages like text messages, voice messages, Instagram reach outs, and like so many different things about, like, yes, I am so here for this. I am so ready to play big and to be big and to be seen. And like, what does that mean? And for me, like I said, it really means my big life is the life that I truly, truly want to live. And I just got a message from a friend this morning and she was like, it's so true. Like, dream world means it does not exist. Like as humans, we put dreams in buckets of things that don't exist. Like it'd be a dream life if I got to work from home and be a personal stylist. But I do. And I'm like living that every single day. So it's not a dream. It's a big life. And like just every week asking myself, what do I need to live that big life? Who do I want to be around? How do I want to feel? And I'm sure many of you can relate. It's scary because before recently, I never, like when someone said, how do you want to feel? How do you want to live? It was just like the basic shit that everybody wants, right? Like, I just want to feel good. But I couldn't tell you what does like Katie really want on the inside? Like who is Katie on the inside and what does Katie really want? So that is what big bitch energy is, is being so clear on what we want, being big, reclaiming, the word, which like I was telling somebody, I was like, bitch doesn't trigger me. And and it is a reclamation of the word because we, people use it with intentions of like putting women in boxes, but I really just like to cuss. (laughs) So that's why I really like it is because it just helps me express these big emotions, right? That's why I like to cuss so much because it helps me express my big emotions, So it's just an energy and it's the vibe that we are on. And if you are here listening to this podcast, you are in that energy too. And we will be big bitches together. And I also um, am obsessed. So this is a little weird thing about me. I am obsessed with alliteration. And so big bitch just gets me going, right? Like anytime. And it's any alliteration. It doesn't have to be like B's or A's or anything, just like any alliteration. Love it. I am so obsessed with it. It just like gets me going. I think it's because it's memorable and it's catchy and it's easy for our brains to remember words that begin with the same letters and sequence, right? Super easy. So I love it. I'm here for it. I am promising myself and you that that's what I want to deliver on this podcast. That's always been my intention with this podcast. I just don't think I knew what words. And I don't think I knew what it was because I knew it wasn't dream life, but it's the expansion. And that's also what being big means to me is expanding all areas of my life. So I'm just so fucking clear on what I want. And I like the word expansion because when I think of expanding, I think of change and changing and it feels really fluid Um, because our goals and our dreams and our desires will change. My goals and dreams Um, desires from a couple months ago are different than they are right now. So anyways, um, that's where I'm at. And I'm so glad that you ladies are here with me on this journey. And I love it. And we got some... (laughs) This just popped into my mind. BBE, Big Bitch Energy. That's going to be it from now on. We'll let the other acronym go by the wayside if you catch uh, what I'm putting down there. Anyways, that being said, before I get way too fucking cheeky on this intro to this podcast, I want to give you guys an update on the workshop and introduce this week's guest. So the workshop is back on. If you um subscribe to my email, then you know that the workshop is back on. It is this Wednesday, the 29th, Wednesday, September 29th at noon. So we're going to create that magic this week. I am beyond excited because now I get to ride into this confidence starts with style workshop with my big bitch energy, right? So talk about being confident. Like, wow. Love it so much, so in alignment, and I love when things just, like, work out that way. And I truly, truly feel and know in my heart that, like, this is the week to do this. Like, I am back better than ever and ready to go. But a couple of things about the workshop. Yes, you should sign up for it. You can sign up for it on my website, katyjuststyle.com backslash style confidence you can find more information um I will put it in the show notes and of course it will be on insta but um you're like okay cool but what are we gonna do so we'll be on Zoom for an hour. I actually don't have anything after it. So if anyone wants to stay on a little bit later and ask some questions, it might be a little bit longer than an hour. I am going to hold some space there, just FYI. But trying to keep this a fun lunchtime hour for my um, East Coast ladies and a kickoff to your morning for my West Coast ladies where we're just going to go in and it's going to be really fun. And different things we're going to learn is how style shapes your mood in your whole day and the true benefits and how you can live so fucking intentionally just by leaning into your style because your style is not about flipping through style magazines and cruising the mall all day. It's about expressing who you are on the inside and feeling amazing so you can have an amazing day we will talk about how to build a closet full of clothes that make you feel amazing and make you feel confident so you can live your big life, right? You have to be confident in all areas of your life. And there's so many different ways to get there. It's a habit. It's a lifelong journey. And I truly obviously believe that we can start our mornings in the closet with a confident wardrobe and a confident start to the day. It is, in my mind, part of your self-care toolbox, right? We do all these things to make ourselves feel amazing, journal and meditate. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I talk about those two things all the time, move our body, eat well, hydrate, all the things. And then we walk into the closet and we're like, ah, just put on some shit. No, you are a queen. You treat yourself like a queen, adorn yourself like the queen, big bitch energy that you have and that you possessed, right? So we'll build a closet, full of clothes that make you feel amazing. And guess what? You're going to walk away feeling confident to wear the clothes that you really want to wear, but, and we're going to talk about stories and all the stories we tell ourselves around what we really want to wear and just like not wearing it. A couple of the big ones, I know you're thinking right now, it's like, I have nowhere to wear it or I'm saving it for a special occasion. I spent so much money on it. I can never wear it. That's exactly why you should wear it. Why are you just letting it hang in your closet and collect dust if it costs so much money? So we're going to go through all that. We're going to wrap it up with some style challenges. And you know me, I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to make it as fun as humanly possible. Which I mean, I personally think it is fun, but I'm gonna make it as fun as humanly possible. And I would love for you to join us there, we'll share it with the friend if you can't come so she could tell you all about it. Um, because unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna record it. I really want to show up in this space and I want people to feel just comfortable to share and to just be seen. And I don't know, it just doesn't, I just don't wanna do it. If I change my mind, I'll let you know, but I want you to be there. And I like genuine connection. That's one of my core values, which is foundation to building confidence is knowing your values and yourself. So anyways, all that being said, sign up Katie styled.com backslash style confidence. So speaking of queens and big bitch energy, I have a big guest for you this week from now on, like, we're going to have to make sure all our guests are big. Like, we just like made the shoes bigger to fill over here in the Just Realize podcast. But every guest we've had on and every guest going forward, I know, will be able to fill the shoes. Um, because that's what I really love about this is creating community in a space where women get to share their goals and dreams and desires and how they're showing up in their life as, shi- as examples for other women. Because that's was my first step. And I think that's the first step in really kind of identifying who you are is seeing what other people are doing. Because sometimes we get so stuck in our own head that we need to to see someone else do it. So then we can take away the pieces of it that make sense to us. Let go of the pieces that don't make sense to you. And then how does that interpret and show up for you in your life. And that's why I love having women on the podcast. And to me, that is the foundation of everything is like identifying what I like and what I don't like. So then I know what my desires are. Then I know what my big life really, really is. That's how you define it. It is just a constant game of yes, yes, more of this, more of this, and no, not that. So let leave that alone. And we're just focusing on the yes over here. So my guest today, Heidi Rumor, and I'm sure I said her last name wrong, but Heidi is a money coach and a podcast host. Um, The podcast Ditch the Budget, and that's her whole thing is like, let's talk about money. Let's talk about how emotional money is and tap into what do you want? How do you want your money to work for you? And how can that happen? And it's all about layering in this feminine energy to that and again tapping into your desires and how you can do that so you can constantly show up and make everything in your life work for you and that's what's so important about being crystal clear on what that life is that which that you do want because when you're crystal clear whether you're talking about style or money in this case it's so much easier to get those things to work for you and not against you. And they do become tools in the toolbox instead of just another thing that you need to stress out about. You guys know I've mentioned money. I've had money um, people on the podcast before. I talk about how closely related the energy of money and style is to me. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed with bringing different people along because I truly believe that everyone has their own version of what money is. Best practices are. And it's such a personal choice. It's like picking a therapist, right? Like, I could have 50 therapists on the podcast. They're all going to be different, and you're only going to resonate with one or maybe two. But, you know, who we decide to work with and who we decide to trust and follow is so important um, based on our own values. So I love having different viewpoints because I feel like everyone's different, even if we're talking about the same topics and I pull away different things from each one. So, with that being said, I hope that you enjoy today's episode. It's chock full of tangible things that you can start doing today. I try to get really specific. That's one of my new goals, or something I try to be really conscious aware of now when I interview people is to make sure that we're taking it to the next step and that we're digging in on the specifics because I like specifics, because I like to know how someone else does something so that then I can be like, Yes, I like that part. No, I don't like that part. I would do it this way. And then now I have my own version of it. But I can't even get there sometimes if I'm in overwhelm, if I just have no framework to start from. So that's just something I've kind of identified in myself recently is there's not shame in seeing how things are done or how what other people consider best practices. It's a great way to lay, I don't even want to call it, a a framework so that then I can see what I want my frame to framework to be. But sometimes when it's not our innate gift, it can feel really overwhelming and there's nothing wrong with letting someone share a framework with you so that then you can layer in your values on top of that and create your own framework. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over this interview to you guys. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to follow along with us on Instagram, over at Katie Allen Stylist. I love to show up and connect with you there. And all things, style, life, funny. I, I think that's what I love about Instagram the most is it's a great, easy way to connect, create fun connections. So go follow over there. And if you are interested in the workshop, I will be dropping more information for you there so that you can check it out and make it really seamless for us to connect. So. Without further ado, I give you Heidi, the money coach and podcast host of Ditch the Budget. See you ladies on the other side. Bye. What's up ladies and welcome back to the Just Realized Podcast. It's Katie here and I am super stoked to have a guest with me today someone that I just love, I immediately connected with, and I'm super excited to bring her on the pod. Today I have with me Heidi, money coach, money advisor, all things money, Um, another one of my Detroit girls, another amazing woman that I met in Detroit. And I was thinking about that this morning because my podcast listeners have gotta be so fucking sick of me talking about this trip to Detroit, but it was like the last thing I ever did in my life. But I was thinking... In my life, you know, pre, we don't even have to say it. Um, I was thinking like how many people you can meet when you like step into a room full of women who are willing to be vulnerable and how that was almost two years ago now. And we have so many amazing, literally like lifelong connections. It's so powerful. But thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, that was my last trip. So
0: crazy crazy I know that's why I'm like everyone's probably like does she know anybody else or was like literally everyone in her life at this one event um basically
1: (laughs) and you know I almost didn't go to that I Um, there was like a little voice in my head that was like no you can't spend the money and go because I yeah we can get into that but just at that time in my life it was very um tumultuous I guess I will say and it was just like trying to figure out like should I be saving my money? Should I be spending it? And, you know, it was, I mean, I live in Canada. So obviously it was an international trip and, and hotels and travel and away from the kids and the fam, there's a lot of guilt and all the stuff that comes along with that, but I'm super glad I went
0: me too i'm so glad you went and you just like touched on five things that like all of us probably deal with like mom guilt was my number one thing and we do have to talk about the bunny piece because my money reaction to it was totally different and i want to dig into that but first tell us a little bit about yourself how amazing you are and you know that amazing question tell me about yourself I know. I love it. Um,
1: So I am a mom. Uh, I have two little kids. They're four and three. I'm married to a wonderful, wonderful man, Lee. And we are just rocking life over here in quarantine and lockdown and all of this stuff. Um, But no, in all seriousness, I have spent the last like almost 20 years in financial services. I worked the corporate life for a very long period of time. Um, I had my kids back to back. It wasn't planned that way, but I had, um, we had some fertility struggles to have our first and went through IVF and then try to keep trying to keep that a secret while you're working a sales job was like a mess. And then anyways, and then ended up getting um, pregnant naturally with my second kind of nine months later. So it was definitely not planned, but so exciting that it happened the way that it happened. And, um, yeah. When I came back from my second maternity leave. So here in Canada, we get a year, a year to 18 months off. Um, all the U S people
0: years. cover your ears. I know, <laughs>
1: I'm i sorry. And so I came back from my second maternity leave and I, I was feeling really guilty. First of all, about being away from work for essentially two years uh, back to back. And So there was all those feelings. I was weaning um, my youngest off breastfeeding, you know, transitioning. we have got two little kids under two. It's six weeks before the holidays and I end up getting downsized from my job. So it was a big blow. Um, I'd only been back to work for about six months. And right around this time was actually when we were uh, registering for that event in Detroit. And I was like, I don't know if this is this is the right thing to do, but I felt really called to kind of figure out what my identity was outside of my corporate job, because I'd always just identified myself as I'm a really good salesperson in this field. And I never really, I had always had things in the back of my mind about, what. Oh, I'll be fine. If I was ever fired, like had this chip on my shoulder, if I was ever fired, I'd be fine. And because of the industry that I'm in, I've made so many connections over the last 20 years that I I... Always thought at one point it would be my decision to kind of step into entrepreneurship. And then when it wasn't my decision, it was a whole flood of emotions coupled with some postpartum stuff happening. Um, so yeah, it was a lot. Uh, but I, I'm super happy I took the leap of faith and, and went into business for myself. And right now I primarily work with women. I also work with men, but the ladies are. You're my jam. Uh, I speak your language. And <laughs> so we uh, we just really dive into kind of money stuff from a, a, a place of abundance. I think right now, a lot of the professionals we're hearing from are very like, you know, especially with the pandemic, it's like, oh, make sure you have an emergency fund and save, save, save. And this whole um, notion of spending is just people are just so afraid to spend their money. And I feel like there is a better way to handle your finances. And one that comes from maybe more of a feminine type energy than this masculine, like jars and envelopes and paying off debt and and just being very, I don't know, almost shame-based around your finances. It's really coming, stepping into a place of how do I actually get to spend my money with ease? Uh, So that's really what I work with, with my clients on and reaching their financial goals. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
0: I love that. So many juicy bits in there. Thank you for sharing like so much. And uh, so many people listening are like uh, downsize before 2020, because that would have been like the end of 2019. And like, When I think about that time frame, it's really funny as I was in corporate at the time and we were dealing with COVID because we imported um, internationally, but the world like here on our side of the globe just wasn't, it wasn't on anyone's radar. So like when I think back to that time, it's just like such a weird space for me. But ultimately, I'm so glad you decided to go to Detroit. And I think that kind of touches on what you said about like spending money. And then like when you spend money a different way. When I spend scary money, because that's what I call it, when I like that, like when I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, should I do this? Like, the return on investment is, I like to use the like what you were saying, but like feminine energy. There, the return on investment isn't dollars ever. It's like this whole other. Like it's exactly. I'm still thinking about that event today, almost two years later, and still. Talking to women, or I've had kept in touch with all these different women over this year, and I was like, God! And that was an event two years ago. What if we do something like that twice a year, even or once a quarter? Like that's so powerful. So like, so many good things. So I do want to jump into fem- feminine energy, or I kind of want to go back to what you were saying about like, don't spend the money, don't spend the money, because I had a complete different when I'm stressed out or. Dealing with like my, I had terrible mom guilt um, when I was in corporate because I traveled a lot for my job itself. So traveling was a different story. Like that was like guilty. And I was like, here, let me just throw money at everything because maybe that will make me feel good because I don't feel good at all. So like my defense is to overspend or, not, or just frivolously spend instead of safe.
1: Well, and I think that comes down to something that I touch on with a lot of my clients, which is really around... You know, money mindsets and how our brains are just wired to keep us safe. That's that's the job of our brain. Of of course, it has other functions as well, but (laughs) primarily, you know, we are walking around. Our brain is trying to keep us comfortable and safe. And so, when we have a response to external something that's happening, either you know we're feeling something or we're reacting to something in our environment. We're acting in a way that our brain is trying to keep us from dying, basically. And it doesn't know, your brain doesn't actually realize whether something is perceived or something is actually happening. It's 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 just how we're wired. So when you when your reaction to something is to spend money, that is uh kind of a coping mechanism that your brain has for you to keep you safe, to keep you feeling good. Now, other people, so that could be cl- classified as like a spender, right? But I, there's so many different money mindsets and not one is good and not one is bad. It's just how we're all wired. It's like part of our personality, part of our DNA. And how that money mindset is formed is through childhood. Like by the age of seven, research has shown that how we think about money, how we act about around money, if we save, if we invest, if we spend, that's predetermined by the age of seven. And the reason being is all the things that we're seeing, you know, how did our parents handle money? Were there lots of presents under the tree? Did we have abundance in clothing and brand names? And did we travel? Did we, you know, have help around the house or not? All of those different things really play into you know, how we handle money, uh, as adults, which is very interesting. And so I think when, when women, when it comes down to emotional spending, cause money is very emotional. Yes. And back to like that masculine energy, I think we can tie, tie them both in is, you know, the masculine side of that, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but when you're too logical about money and to me, the masculine energy is really, you know, income minus expenses, you know, <laughs> um, it's very rooted in logic and math. And I often am working with women that are like, oh, I'm shitty at math. Or I, you know, I'm, I, I suck at sticking to a budget and it's, It's not your fault. It's because of so many different things. Financial literacy, you know, just understanding how emotional money actually is, and so for both of our experiences going to that event, our emotional is the same experience, right? We're going to the event. We both have kids. We both um, are working jobs. You know, at that time I wasn't, but I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do in terms of work, and. Yet we had a different emotional response to that. That's because of how we are wired to think about money. And until we get to really dig into the layers of that and where that's coming from and, and understanding that's not good, that's not bad, it just is and learning techniques of how to how to work with that. So my emotional response is to cut myself off the list, right? So when, when we have to save money or something like that. I am the one that goes without everyone else has. Right. And so, and I think a lot of moms can relate to that. It's, you know, you, you don't go for the massages. You don't go for getting your nails done or buying a new wardrobe of clothes because it's, it's the last thing on the list. And so for me, when I lost my job, the very first things that I cut off the list was me um and i threw i was still spending money but not on myself and then when you look at somebody else it's like oh no i was able to go to that event with ease there is a different mindset around how spending money is actually helping you feel safe mm-hmm. and so it's very interesting when you like peel back the layers like why that happens and what's a different response you could have if, if you feel like your spending is not in alignment with where you want your dollars to go. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you spend your money on. Um, you know, I have clients all the time. They're like, oh, like I just, I'd like to spend money on X, Y, Z. And they almost feel shame around that or guilt around it. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, let's, let's work with that. Just because I don't value that necessarily in the same way you do, I could care less what kind of vehicle I drive. Uh, somebody else, that might be very important. So mm-hmm. that's okay. It's just understanding where do you want your dollars to go and not having money kind of... I call them money leaks. So having money kind of like get to the end of the month, like where the hell did my money go? Yeah. Right? It's having that intention around your dollars that you're spending.
0: Oh, I love that so much. When I lost my job um, in December 2020, that was the first, con- well, obviously that was the, the, the second conversation <laughs> that my husband and I had and I I never had a budget. And I was like, okay, like, I think we can do this because once I kind of decided that, like, can I get some space to figure out what my life is before um, I, I started the business when I had no idea that I was going to start the business. And that was the budget that I kind of, Because I knew I was in this really raw, vulnerable space. And my ego was having a fucking heart attack. And I went in and I came up with this budget and I don't even know where I got the inspiration from, probably because I really <laughs> just knew I didn't want to go back to work. <laughs> but I put together this budget and I budgeted the things that I knew would keep us like grounded. Like we have a date night once a month or like those kind of things or like he likes um to rent fights and boxing or MMA or whatever the fuck it was. So it's like I cannot cut that out of the budget because that man needs to be happy. So he's not looking at what I'm doing <laughs> over here not making <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah. But it felt really good and it wasn't that bad, right? Because in the places where I was like, oh, I don't give a shit if I have that or not. Like, I I don't need that. I needed that before because my life was different. So I love that. Now, have I stuck to it? Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) But I think, and I think that's okay. Like, I I actually am not a fan of budgets because most of the time budgets for, again, this I'm generalizing. But most of the time budgets you know, even just saying that word, I think for a lot of people, they're like, Ooh, it's restrictive. It's like a diet, right? Yes. Do that, a diet. It's the same kind of like thing. Mm. And I think people think budgets, well, I've got to like, look for things to cut. And that's not the approach that I take, because I feel like, again, we should, you know, life is, I kind of have this tagline. It's like, life is more than paying bills and counting calories. Mm. Like let's enjoy our hard-earned dollars, but Spend it with our big girl pants on and spend it with intention so that if we are going to go to a, an event in Detroit, you know, <laughs> bring it back to that again and spend that money that it comes from a place of, you know, this I'm spending this because I'm going to get XYZ return, not monetary return, but XYZ return because it's going to in turn make me show up better for my kids, show up better for my husband, better, a better employee, a better business owner a better version of myself important to my cup instead of oh shit you know where did my that $1000 go like i just spent it on $20 here $50 here $100 here and it so quickly can disappear from our bank accounts and again it's because money is so emotional and most budgets are too restrictive. They're not actually reflective of how we spend our money. They're more how we want to spend our money mm-hmm. instead of how we're actually spending our money for the most part. Um, so, I actually don't use a budget. I have a very clear system that works for, for me and all of my clients. And it, it's it's a very intuitive way of, it's like intuitive eating, right? It's, you know, you're not counting calories, the same thing, I'm not tracking what I'm spending, but I know how much, how much available dollars I have to spend in certain areas. And when that's gone, then, then I wait until it's replenished. And I have different mechanisms in place to help me manage my emotions around money instead of managing the actual physical dollars,
0: if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Can you like take us just like one step further? So like, is there a word you use other than budget? And can you share just like high level, like do you do a once a month check-in? Like if we're not quote unquote following a budget, like then, cause like, I know my type A ladies are like, well then what am I doing? Cause <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm like, I need specifics ID. <laughs> and- I know.
1: And it's like people, when they hear that from me, they're like, you're a financial advisor and you're telling people not to use a budget. Like what? What are you smoking? Because I want some of that. I love it. Um, But essentially, it's I I call it a cash flow plan because at the end of the day, it's what are your. I think we all know what our bills are on a monthly basis. That's not typically going to change much, and those are not areas where we overspend. Like we're not going to all of a sudden go to the gas station and like spend too much money on gasoline. We're not going to spend too much money on our car insurance. Just that doesn't happen. Where where I think the problem for a lot of people comes is the you know some people call it variable spending, you know your your wants versus your needs, and I think categorizing it that way are very it's very problematic for a lot of people because are groceries wants or needs? Both. <laughs> oh right. Is. So in Canada, hockey, is hockey a want or a need? Well, <laughs> it's kind of both here, right? And so it's it's one of those things where we can do, we can do fix, we can do variable, but sometimes categories fall under both. And so how do I manage the day-to-day spending when I have 6,400 balls in the air? Um, you know, our lives are full, they're busy, I think the last eighteen months has shown us where you know to slow down a little bit and and really appreciate those moments together, which has been amazing. But we're still busy, right? We're still managing uh, you know our households, and so to ask our brains to then manage the day to day finances is really a difficult task. So when I put together a customized cash flow plan for clients, it's really taking into consideration. What do you want? Like, what is your financial goal? For some people, it's getting out of debt. For other people, it's building wealth. But it's more than that. Like, what do you want? Do you want the pool in the backyard? Do you want the once-a-month date nights? Do you want a new um, cl- a wardrobe every, you know, twice a year, three times that a answers year? Answer, yes. <laughs> Exactly right. So, how, how, what do you want? And I think as women, especially that question is so hard for us to answer because we're so used to, well, yeah, but my kids need this and I need, I need to save for this and I need this. And it's like, yeah, but what do you want in a perfect world? If you had a magic money wand, like, what do you? want Mm -hmm. and really taking a step back and and looking at that and then saying, okay, now how can I, how can I, with the amount of dollars that I make and the amount of expenses that I have with the excess or the overflow, how can I make sure that those, those extra dollars are now being spent how I want them to be spent? But it has to start with what do you want and really defining those goals. So I would say that's kind of like for type A because I'm very type A step by step. So the first one is definitely like defining what that goal is, but go beyond paying off debt and building wealth because... Those are two really common things for most yeah. people, right? It's like, get really granular. Do you want somebody to come and cook you meals you know, every week? Do you want uh, somebody to clean your house? Do you want a driver? Do you want a babysitter? Like, What do you want that's going to help you? Uh, for me, one of the things that was really clear when I went through this exercise is... And it's funny because I don't actually have my nails done today. But I... <laughs> love getting my nails done. It's something that brings me joy. I feel com- like my outfit is complete
0: um, for you.
1: It's probably like lipstick, right? Like yeah. when you have lipstick on, that's like your thing for me, I, for 20 years, I've been known for my nails. Like I have short nails, but they're always like a dark purpley color. If you know me, that's, that's like my thing. I so, love it. so that's my thing. So I, um, of course, when you lose your job, right, the first thing that's going to go is those manicures. And it's like, no, no, that is not going to go. And it didn't. I didn't eliminate that from, from my spending because that's something that brought me joy. That's something that You know, for the $20, I could find that in other ways in my cash flow to make up for that for that period of time where I wasn't working. Obviously, if you are having trouble paying your bills, that's a different story. Um, But I'm talking more to the woman who you know, you have the excess dollars to to do certain things with, but you're just not seeing that real return on on the investment in that that sense. Um, So really defining those goals. And then you need to go back and do an audit of your financials. Like where have you been spending the money? Not where you think you've been spending it, but actually where has it been going? Mm. And most people won't do that exercise, right? I'm sure... I'm sure it's very similar in your work. It's like, go through, try on all your clothes, go through all your drawers, like pull everything out. You know, what doesn't fit? What don't you like? Like, get rid of it. Most people are like, oh my gosh, but I spent money on that. Like maybe one day I'll fit into it again. So they want to hold on to it, right? So it's a similar exercise, but it's more of, you say you want to spend, or you say your grocery bill is $1,000 a month, but when we actually add it up, it's $2,000 a month. So <laughs> now <me>. we, yeah. <laughs> so me. <laughs> and it's, it's so everybody, a lot of people have their major, I call them money leaks, mm-hmm. is the grocery store, is Costco like the middle aisles in Costco here are dangerous in Canada. I don't know how they're set up in the U S but here they're dangerous. Um, and Amazon prime, you know, all like Walmart, target, you know, all these different places. It's like, you know, I think I spend $50 a month on, you know, whatever clothing, let's say, but it's more like, wow, yeah, I won't spend anything. And then all of a sudden I'll spend $1,000. Well, that's yeah. not $50 a month now. So me putting it on my budget as $50 a month or $100 a month is not actually reflective of what I am actually spending. And because months go up and down, so some families have really heavy months in terms of gift giving or events that happen, right? So for us, um, we're pretty spread out throughout the year, but I definitely see in May is a is a big month for us. You know, we've got a bunch of events happening. Um, my son has just turned, you know, he's he has his birthday in April and then we have, so we just have a lot of events kind of in April, May. So a lot of people experience that where they might have heavier months. So if you're looking back at the, you know, let's say for you, your, your heavy month is, well, do you, do you know, do you have a heavier or month?
0: Uh, we have like all of my family birthdays are like in six weeks. Mm. and that includes valentine's day my birthday my husband's my son my mom my niece like a whole chunk of like my in like the, my house and like my close family and it's just like and that's right on the heels of it starts in january so like you're also right on the heels of like christmas and i'm like Shit, yeah. am I ever gonna have money again and then like now i have nothing i'm like hey let's, let's blow money
1: <laughs> yeah and so here's the thing with that is like you know that's gonna happen every single year Mm-hmm. right it's not a surprise so the holidays aren't a surprise those heavy months typically are not a surprise but yet typically we don't plan for them because we just use a budget that we set in the beginning of the year usually and we don't look at it again to see is this actually reflective of my spending um so really you know Doing that, I call it an audit of your finances over the last three months, really get honest with yourself of where you've been spending that money. Try to identify some money leaks where, holy shit, I thought I was only spending $200 a week on groceries. It's actually like $600 a week. Okay, what's happening here? First of all, is it actually groceries or are you going to like a superstore where you're also, you know, buying a a new, some patio furniture and... You know, these big box stores now. Yeah, Yeah. alcohol. It's so hard to know where, like, is it actually groceries or is it something else? So it's really getting clear on where the money has been going, and then setting up the proper systems in place. So for example, one of the things that I utilize is something called a sinking fund. And it's a terrible name, but that's the name.
0: <laughs> if
1: anybody in your audience has a better name for this, I will like gladly pay you for it because I think the name is terrible. I did not create it. But essentially, a sinking fund is... What it is is for those known events. So let's say the holidays, right? We know... That the holidays are coming every single year, and we want to budget. So this is where I think budgets actually do work: is when you have a specific event, so Christmas, Hanukkah, how, whatever you celebrate. If you know you you want to spend twelve hundred dollars, because we'll keep the math really simple, twelve hundred (laughs) dollars on that event. Well, now every single month that now becomes a bill for you of a hundred dollars. So now you can allocate that that money on a monthly basis. For something that doesn't occur on a monthly basis, so that's what a sinking fund is. It's like figuring out what that event is, how often does it happen, and typically it's you know not every month, or else it would become part of your monthly cash flow. Uh, so if it's once a year, or twice a year, or a few times a year, figuring out what that cost is, and then dividing it by the number of months you have to save. Nice. So that's a really good systematic thing that you can put in place and almost create like a Christmas bill or a birthday bill for yourself where that money is being tucked aside. Now, a lot of times I'll have people say to me, yeah, but I can't, I can't put a hundred dollars a month aside for Christmas. And then I can't put another $80 aside for birthdays. And I can't put another, you know, $200 aside for my hair, my annual haircut and blow dry or whatever. I I can't, I can't do that. Well, if you can't put it away on a monthly basis and you actually can't afford it when the time comes, because what's going to happen is it's going to end up on credit and then you're going to be paying way more for it, paying it off. So that's a real good test to see what's your cash flow like. Do you actually have the excess to be able to do these things? And where can we maybe pull some levers to figure out, does that... Christmas budget or holiday budget? Does that actually make sense for what our financial goals are? Could we pair that back instead of it being twelve hundred dollars that we're spending, or two thousand, or four thousand, like whatever the number is? Mm-hmm. Can we pair that back so that now we are able to have maybe that style coach that we always wanted to hire? <laughs> yes. and <the> baby, right? <laughs> How do we invest in that um, when? we have these other things. Well, you have to really look at, well, what's your priority? What do you want? How do you want to feel? What do you want to accomplish with your finances? And then by defining that goal, that's really going to tell you where to put your money. So that was a lot, but I would essentially say, define your goals, do an audit, and then create those sinking funds. I think that it will get you well on your way to figuring out the financial piece.
0: Oh, no, I love that. That was a lot, but I, I love it so much. I love the sinking fund. And my mind went, like, all over the place with fun names, but none of them the ones I could come up with were appropriate. <laughs> and then, and then um, I want to dig in, though. Like, I love the getting really clear on what you want. Like, I love the money magic wand. That's mm-hmm. something, like, I try to do with myself more, is, like, when something costs a lot of money, I try to think or perceived value, right? So, like, take your pick. So I try to say... We'll just use the easy ones for like $50. I'm like, I can't buy that. That's $50, right? And like, it's not something that you're used to spending $50 on. But then I think of like the other things that I will so easily spend $50 on. Mm -hmm. And and it's just funny because I thought like, I'm like, why is alcohol the first thing I think of when she talks about Costco?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking in our costco
0: <laughs> and i was like my husband likes bourbon right so like i actually made a budget for him like when i did that of like here's your bottle of bourbon but like say roughly you're gonna spend 50 dollars on it so like if it if we butt up against something i'm always like yeah but you'd spend 50 dollars on a bottle of bourbon and that's giving you this one thing it's not actually like you know progressing you forward in life or whatever that is yeah. and try to do that money mind jedi trick on myself to like make myself jump at things that i know that inside my soul is screaming to do. So you'd mentioned earlier about like, you do this, you have your, your cash flow system instead of a budget. And then you have those little mindset tricks that you're doing behind the scenes to make sure you're sticking with your, no, this is what I truly want. Like, I don't truly want, some people do truly want coffee, but I don't truly want that coffee today. That's just, my coping mechanism for the day, but I really want that five bucks to go to that new Chanel lipstick that I want. Like, which one do I really want? Like, how can you talk us through just a couple of um, tangible tips there that like like I was on your Instagram. wow, I love all your new posts and your photo shoot. I'm obsessed. I keep telling you, like every time one pops up, I'm like, oh my god, these are giving me life. And you're like burning hundred dollar bills. And you're like, here's this mind tri- mindset uh, tip that I use. And I was like, first of all, like if I, once I get past the photo and read it, this is gold. <laughs> so you have to actually read the caption, people, because it is amazing. <laughs> Totally.
1: Well, I think there's, you know, when you're, what you're talking about sounds like you're talking about like emotional spending, like when yeah. you're emotionally spending, I think there are definitely a few things you can do with um, a lot of times when you're emotionally spending, what happens is, um, you're not even aware that you're using retail therapy to like, um, deal with that emotion. So I think it's getting clear on what is, first of all, what's triggering me and what is the emotion that I'm feeling that's causing me to want to spend money. So it's just like a food, like health and fitness and, you know, money are so intertwined. It's crazy to me, but it's the same way that if you're an emotional eater, like you have to, well, when am I triggered to eat? Right? So what emotion am I feeling that's causing me to eat the potato chips? get crystal clear on what that emotion is. And sometimes it's going to take like a little bit of tracking to figure out what emotion that is. With spending money, it doesn't always mean it's a negative or a bad emotion. It could be you're a very generous person. And when, you know, there's an event coming up, you want to buy like the hostess gift and you want to buy the uh, birthday present, or you're just thinking of somebody and you see it and you want to buy it. So how do you deal with that? So there's a few things that I do. The very first thing that I do is especially when I'm like I feel that that is an emotional spend is I really, truly picture like lighting money on fire. <laughs> so if the if the item costs, so typically if it costs over a hundred dollars for me is when I would do this exercise, anything under a hundred dollars based on my cash flow, I tend to not really worry about it um so you have to kind of figure out where you're at in terms of your your cash flow but for me it's really um imagining lighting that money on fire and how does that make me feel um oftentimes that's enough just to like oh, okay yeah i don't really need that or i don't actually really want that it's just in the moment how i'm feeling but sometimes it's not right sometimes i'm like fuck it like i still want it you know light it baby <laughs> yeah light it up let's go let's go so then the next thing that I do is like, I really go back to, cause I clearly define my goals. I actually look at them every single week. I know what those financial goals are. And because I'm looking at them so often, it's just like ingrained in my head of like what I want. And so then I, I just do that mental, like close my eyes and just like visualize those goals. And it's like, is that, is spending that money going to get me closer to that goal? Most of the time, the answer is no. And that's, again, like kind of my second checkpoint to say, okay, do I need to be spending this money? Sometimes I blow through that one too. And I'm like, yeah, it's not getting any closer to my goal, but I still want X, Y, Z, whatever it is. So then the last thing that I do is I go to my available sinking funds and I figure out do I, the money that I have allocated for things like this, is there money in there? And if the answer to that one is yes, then of course I spend it. If the answer to that one is no, so I don't, so I'm okay with blowing through the, like burning up the money. It's not getting me to my financial goal and I don't have the money saved for it. Sometimes that's still not enough to have (laughs) me stop, which is okay. So then You know, usually by then, because I've done this for so long, that those are enough, especially if it's an emotional response to something, usually that's enough to help me stop spending. Um, But if it's not, then I quickly calculate in my mind. And again, I am not, like, I'm somebody that barely made it through mathematics, okay? So this is not something that you have to, like, really... um, be super good at, but I know my interest rate for my credit card is 19%. So I just round it up to 20% because I can do 20% in my head mm-hmm. quick. And how I do that is 10%. So I think everybody can figure out what 10% is, and then I just double it, and times it by two. So that's how I do it, math in my head, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, so I just calculate in my head, okay, if this has to stay on my credit card for six months, what is the actual cost of this item, and am I uh, am I okay with that? And if the answer to that is yes, then I buy
0: it. Then that's it. I love that's that. it.
1: And I don't feel guilty about it because it's you know what it's one of those things where I think even just going through that exercise, you're already you're already doing better than somebody that's just like oh I want that and buy it right mm-hmm. because sometimes. And a lot of times, like halfway through those, those three checkpoints, I'll stop myself. Um, sometimes not, but most of the time, like that's enough to kind of get me through that emotion, um, drink some water, take a step, take, take a step back. And then really realizing if this happens a lot, like what are those spending triggers? Is it an email that's coming into my inbox from Target? We don't have Target anymore in Canada, which is very sad, but
0: that's so sad. I might as well cancel my passport. (laughs) I know. So if that's where you're spending
1: then, and you're getting those emails come in. And then as soon as you're opening up that 40% off email and you're adding things to a cart, then just unsubscribe to the emails, right? Remove that trigger for yourself. If you're somebody that is is spending Facebook ads and Instagram ads, right? Because you're scrolling and you're seeing something that's popping up, then maybe you put some parameters around when. when are you most likely doing that? Is it at night? In bed, first thing in the morning, on your lunch hour, like when are you scrolling and buying those things and just maybe have some parameters on your phone that those apps get locked during certain times, right? You can always unlock it. You can always resubscribe to emails. But I think it's putting little little things in place to help you on your journey because at the end of the day, we're emotional. We're human beings. and, you know, spending money doesn't have to be bad, especially if you have a plan of where that money is coming from or how you're going to pay it off.
0: Uh, I love that because then it makes it feel more intentional mm-hmm. and I live and breathe in my emotional authority like all day, every day. But then sometimes on the back end of that, when that wave has crashed, I can like really be mad at myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am working like on that. So I love like the steps. It's like, okay, so I've passed this step. And then that I also have that side of me too, where it's like, okay, I love to check a box and be emotional at the same time. So it's like, I get to like balance those two things in and then it feels really intentional. And like you said, like maybe I still am going to spend it. Um, Because I do believe sometimes that like, will we make investments where we're not really ready to make them? And then somehow it just like works out even Totally. If, totally. Like you're like, I don't know how this is gonna work out, but I still have the gut feeling that this needs to happen. And then like just magically money arrives in my mailbox. That doesn't happen often, but we're getting there.
1: <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those things where so I would I think I was telling you about this. So I recently did a photo shoot, which you are so complimentary of. So thank you. It. Shout out to Vicky who did it. Um, she did an amazing job. I
0: love Vicky too.
1: Yeah, and uh I was so she works with uh like she has a stylist but she's also like if you know somebody I'm like I know Katie like we're good and she's like go and you know have a consultation da 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 and at that time I was like ah oh, that you know the photo shoot was costing this amount of do- dollars I was you know there was yeah, all the yeah hair yeah. makeup everything and I'm like no I think. I think I'm good. Like I know what I like to wear and I think I'm good, but honestly, the anxiety and the, um, just the mental capacity that that task took from me, it probably cost me way more money in terms of taking my time and attention and energy away from my business to actually yes, things that make me money instead of just, you know, paying the money and having somebody take care of that because that's in their zone of genius It's definitely not in mine. And that was a lesson that I kind of had to learn the hard way, I guess, you know, and, and so if you can save anybody, I think just what Katie said about investing sometimes before you're ready at that point, I was like, well, I I wanted to lose weight and I didn't want to invest in clothing at that time. And it doesn't have to be about that. Um, it can just literally be around which pieces actually from the outsider looking in look the best on you that are going to translate on a camera way better than it will you just looking at yourself in the mirror and criticizing every single body part that you have yeah. right so i think um so this is like a little plug for you Katie i, <laughs>
0: I appreciate it Heidi <laughs> yeah.
1: but i i think i think what happens for a lot of us is we think, oh, DIY, like there's DIY everything, right? You can Google a budget. You can Google how to paint your house and decorate your house, but you're going to spend so much time trying to learn what people already know is in there. It's like second nature. Mm -hmm. Like literally I can meet with somebody for 30 minutes and I know exactly what what's been happening to them for their whole spending adult life. And that's just, cause that's my zone of genius for you. I'm sure it's the same with style and their clothing and how, what kind of message they're, they're conveying with their clothes. Whereas for me, I'm like, well, black is slimming. So I'm going to wear black, right? Like there's yeah. no, there's that's nothing it. more Check. than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's really, um, investing in those experts that, can help get you where you want to go. But also realizing that that financial investment, I think pays you back in dividends in terms of like where your time and attention is, especially if you are an entrepreneur and you are in business for yourself. Like there's no reason why I should have spent the amount of time I spent on creating four outfits for myself that I actually like at the end of the day, I was happy with them, but I knew they could have been 10 times better if I would have just spent the money. Cause the money wasn't the issue. It was more just, well, I can DIY this. Like, I don't need somebody to do this. And reality I really truly did. So.
0: That's a really good point. I was having that conversation this morning with my daughter and I was like, well, $240. And then I was like, Oh That's a lot of time and energy. And actually, I could do something in that amount of time that is worth more than $240. But we do that. Like you attach to a number. And like you said, like anything over a certain dollar amount, you might have a pause and be like, okay, well, shit. But that's such a good point about the time and energy that you spend doing it, where other people are just like, oh, just do this, do one, two, three. And I think the other thing that comes up for me in that is like other people just like, holding you accountable or giving you permission. Like sometimes you just need someone to witness you so you can witness yourself is what I find a lot of times, um, with things like that. So I love it. And thank you. And when you're ready for that photo shoot, boo, I got you. Um, I know. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, before I let you go, speaking, that was a beautiful segue into my next couple of questions. And it's so funny when you were talking about your purple nails, I was like, oh my God, I think she did have those. Like that's when you were saying that earlier, that's how I see people. I literally like see people in clothes or like this one thing. And like you were saying, like, those are just people's gifts or like when I see clothes out in public, I'm like, oh, that's so so-and-so. Like, I don't know why that person's wearing that. This person should be wearing that. <laughs> it's I so really- funny. So before I let you go, and um, we talk about where people can find you, I have two quick questions for you. One, we'll start with this because we're already talking about this. Like, what's your favorite power piece? So you did mention your fingernails and like, maybe that's it. But I believe that there's always a physical manifestation that we can adorn ourselves with, like to show up and like do the big scary thing or to just pump ourselves up. Um, Is there, so you mentioned your fingernails, which I think is amazing. And I think so much energy probably comes from that. Is there any other fave power piece that you have that makes you a badass?
1: Yeah. Like I think, um, so I have these fake leather tights. Yes. (laughs) From Yes. (laughs) And I just, I get so many compliments on them and I feel like they're nice and high-waisted, so they kind of, like, tuck in the little mom pooch, and they just, like, they feel good. Um, I don't... So I'm tall. I'm almost six feet tall. So having leggings that are actually, like, leggings and not cropped are, like, a feat in and of itself. So I just feel... I feel really good in them when I sit down. They don't gape at the back. um, So, you know, I got a little junk in the trunk. And uh, (laughs) I just feel, like, I feel... I feel good in them. I feel like they're sexy, but not like revealing. And um, they're, yeah, so I feel really good in those. And I would also say um, anything black. Like I I love black. And and I know that's like, (laughs) for most people, it was actually really hard coming up with outfits for my photo shoot. Cause I'm like, holy shit, everything is black in here. But I, I feel that like that. I dress it up with <laughs> like I have a blazer. I don't have it here, but I have a blazer that's like um has lots of like, it's like a floral blazer, or I'll put on your beautiful um purple lipstick or something, right? So it's like all of these different things that I think complement a black wardrobe. So yes. that's that would be it for me.
0: I love that. Um, it's so funny because after we talked, I was like, Heidi does wear a lot of black. I see this trend now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love the tights. I love that you mentioned the tights. Because when I think of you, I think of the first time we met and we were kind of joking about this. But when I saw you with your tights on and I was like, mm, I need to get to know her. Like, she's right. She gets it. Like, I love that so much and they're so amazing and um I think I should start changing the way that question last week on the podcast I joked about like from here on out it's big bitch shit only so it's like what's your big bitch outfit like what is your like I'm not hiding you're gonna see me today so for you it's your dark purpley nails and those leggings and nobody's gonna miss Heidi Um, And then last but not least, what's your favorite book? Like, I love books. And I think, like, that's just another mindset thing that really pushes me out of my comfort zone to live that big life. What's, like, your number one book that you feel like is yes?
1: I think everybody needs to read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's, so I read it just in the last year, and I cannot even believe the to me, it's been a game changer. Like the amount of um things that were holding me back that I didn't even realize were holding me back. So in the book, talks a lot about your self-limiting beliefs and like your upper limits. And I didn't even realize, like I thought, speaking of badass bitches, like I I thought I was pretty confident and I I, I know my niche, I know what I'm talking about. I'm very confident. And I literally could stand on stage in front of thousands of people and talk about it and not have anything to run out of to say. But so I was like, I don't have any glass ceilings. Like I can make as much money as I want. I thought I had all these things figured out, but in actuality, there was a, a couple of really big fears that, that came up, and the big one for me in this book was the fear of outshining others. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a very young age, as I mentioned, I'm tall, so I've always been taller than everyone. I was athletic. I was a great public speaker, so I won all these things early on in life. And my brother wasn't like he was very accomplished but he wasn't winning at the same level as me and so I just I felt bad for him that he wasn't winning and wasn't getting the the same accolades that I was so as a young girl that really that fear about shining others and I think that translates into why I wear black and why I don't actually want to stick out and I want to fade into the background and social media presence and all that stuff so it's just been honestly this is like my, my big book of what I like, I recommend this to everyone, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's a must read.
0: I I love that. That's the first book I read after I lost my job. That was it. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. That someone said, this is a book you need to read now. And it just changed everything. I feel like I should go back and reread it because like I'm in a different space and I'm sure I have different limits now that I'm hitting. So that's so amazing. I thank you for sharing that. Um, and I love that it's connected. So how can everybody find you? Cause now everybody's like, Oh my God, I need to go work on this money stuff.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm
0: pretty much anywhere social
1: media is. Uh, so Instagram, Heidi room so H E I D I. And then my last name, R U M. So like rum and then O H R. And I'm also on Facebook. I have a Facebook community it's been a little bit quiet in there, so I've got to get back in there, but it's called Fitness and Finance and it's on Facebook. Um, or just Google me.
0: You'll find me. Yeah, and you have a podcast too. Are you keeping oh, up with it? Yeah.
1: Yes, I have a podcast called Ditch the Budget. And we just talk a lot about, um, you know, just how emotional spending and we talk we talk a lot of, about a lot of stuff. And I'm saying we like there's more than one person, but um, I talk a lot about, <laughs> yeah, I talk a lot about um, just common money things. So I'm not the financial expert that's going to talk to you about compound interest and where you should be investing your money. Like I'm talking about more day to day things and social behaviors, and it really is rooted in behavioral science. That's where the lens that I take and I look at. So
0: yeah, you can find me there. It's on iTunes. Awesome. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. that's amazing and of course i'll put all your information in the show notes for anyone who really wants to get in contact with heidi thank you so much for being here today i really enjoyed it your energy like the rest of my day is completely set thank you oh thank
1: you thanks so much for having me